Amen and amen. Hey, good morning again, guys. Today I want to talk to you guys about influence, godly influence. But before we do so, do you guys remember last week we talked about breathe? You guys, were you guys blessed by that message? I mean, I got a lot of people coming up to me saying, hey, I needed to hear that at that right time, at that right moment. And the one thing I was really um, identifying was the natural breathing and how it's so natural and we don't even think about breathing versus holding our breath and that's just not natural to do. Like we have to understand when we come to Jesus Christ, we can breathe in Christ naturally, his, his purpose, his provision, his joy, his peace in our lives. You see, church, we have to have an understanding that when we come to Jesus Christ and we start growing in Christ, that's natural to us. You know, when we go through issues and problems in life, when there's, it's chaotic, some people would identify as, well, I'm walking hell on earth right now. It's just so hard. You don't understand where I'm going. You have all the power, all the ability, all his spirit in you to breathe his joy, to breathe his peace, to breathe his purpose, because he simply cares for you. He's given you that natural ability to do so the moment you step in Jesus Christ. You know, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 7, Peter says it this way. He says, God, or sorry, give all your care, worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. He says, give me it all. Give it all to God so, because he cares for you. He doesn't want you to carry that. And when we carry worries and when we carry anxiety and these issues feeling like we have to do something about it or I just can't stop thinking about it. It's like, it's like we're holding our breath, you know. And when we hold our breath, it doesn't last long. Let's do an exercise. You guys want to hold your breath? No? Okay. <laughs> but think about it. You hold your breath. Within a minute, less than a minute, that'd be insane. But within that minute frame, we're, uh, uh, we're gasping for air because that air is so natural to us. And so when we carry these worries of life and these anxieties, what, what we're doing is we're holding our breath. And, and when we finally give it up to Jesus because we realize, oh, I, I, I need to give it to him. I need to. It's like, uh, uh, and we do this. And we gasp for it, but yet it feels so good, right? I remember <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma. Man, all my stories are over there. I had a friend. Their name was, uh, actually, they're a married couple. They're uh, Darren and Jenny, and they were just a cool couple. And they came over our apartment complex because at our apartment complex, we had a pool and everything. And I, <laughs> I remember we, me and him were just kind of going back and forth. Who can hold the, our breath the longest, okay? So we didn't just go underwater like, like kids and say, okay, count. You know, we didn't do that. We actually were going to swim back and forth underwater in the pool and see how far we could go. I remember we got so extreme. I mean, it was pretty, pretty lengthy. We would go there and back and get up, and like he would go there, back, and there, and then get up. I would go there, back, there, back, and get up. It was just this com competitive deal. And I remember he outdid me. Like, I'm like, I'm done with this. Like, I'm like, I don't, I'm losing my breath. And I go underwater, and I'm like, no, no. I think I might have said, in Jesus' name, no. I don't know. But I remember going underwater, and I just went at it. Yeah. And I felt pretty good. I'm like, yep, I got this. This is all in my head because, obviously, you don't, you don't talk underwater. And you go, yeah, I'm going back and forth. And I remember it was like the last turn. And if I could just make it back, if I could just make it back, I win. It was like, it was just that deal. And I remember going, and as I'm going now, I highly recommend you never, ever do this. 
okay? This is, this is back when I was very, very, very ignorant, okay? I'm just learning this stuff, okay? And I went, and I'm going, and about, I say about halfway to the, la- the, the wall, I start blacking out. It's not good. And I remember just blacking out, and I remember like, no, 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 and I pop up, and I felt like, um, it's going to sound bad, but I felt like a dead whale, boom, just kind of just there on the shore. And I'm like, <gasps> and my wife and, and his wife were not happy with us because it's unnatural for us to do that. But I remember the refreshing moment, like it was yesterday. I remember how refreshing it was to get that air when I had no oxygen. You know, and thank God nothing happened because that was not, that was a foolish moment of, of that time. But hey, it's bringing redemption right now, right? So I was supposed to do that. So anyways, I, I remember that refreshing air I had. And I remember thinking, man, I am never doing that again, like ever. And I haven't since. And, I, and if someone challenges me, no, I'm good. I'm not going to do it. And the thing is, when we come to Christ, it's that feeling of refreshed air. We breathe that joy. And it's like... I'm never going back to that again. We need to understand that, that God has that, that natural breathing of joy, of that peace, of that purpose. Now, to finish the story, he beat me again. That's just, that's, a, that's just, I guess, an extra note for you guys if you want it. But here's the thing, that refreshing air that we can breathe joy, peace. You don't ever have to go back to that without him again, church. You know, he says, cast all your cares on me. Breathe in this. And the reason why I bring this back up is because we need to learn to apply this joy, this peace, this purpose. It's because you will, church. I don't say might, but we all will be an influence to someone one way or another. We will be an influence to someone one way or another. Jesus taught a lot about influence. Now, in Matthew, when you look at the, there's actually this one section in the Bible in the book of Matthew. I believe it starts with uh, chapter 5 and goes on to 6. Um, it's called the Beatitudes. Some of us know it as the Sermon on the Mount. But if I could illustrate a picture for you guys, literally Jesus is on the side of a hill or a mountain, and he's got a crowd of people. And this is the moment Jesus revolutionizes and teaches and reveals the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And he amps it up. Because he's caring about the people's heart. You know, he doesn't talk about praying for just your friends and your family, but he also says, pray for your enemies. You know, he talks about, uh, you know, uh, murder and, and, and adultery within the heart. He just gives this whole teaching to a crowd of people and revolutionize the kingdom of God and who he is and how he is the chosen one. And you see this, he also illustrates about influence. And some of us uh, understand this by, by, by knowing that he talks about the salt and being the light of the world. You guys know where I'm going with this now? He's actually talking about influence. In Matthew 5.13, Jesus says this. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Okay, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled under feet as Worthless. Then he goes on in verse 14, and Jesus says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds, I'll say that again, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, 
so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. He uses salt and he uses light. And what he's talking about is being an influence around someone. You know, uh, when, you, when you have a dark room and you have a lamp, you turn that lamp on, that, that lamp gives light. It influences the room and lights everything up. It exposes what's there and what's not there that we may think is there. I mean, I remember there was a, a scary moment for my youngest daughter who was just doing cartwheels up here earlier. You know, she was, she was scared because it was dark and felt like there was, a, there was something or someone there. But the moment I flicked the lights on, it was just a shadow of a coat or whatever it was. And she realized, oh, okay, never mind. Good night. Love you. You know, and it's like those, when, we, when we are influenced by someone who, who fears God, we have those moments of, man, I just don't know. And they bring that light, and we realize, oh, I am that light, you know, in Christ. And whatever we thought was there is not. And so we're not easily shaken by problems or issues in this earth. You know, he also uses salt. You know, salt is good in the winter for me because of ice. You know, it melts the pavement of, of our walkways. And I thank God for that because it gives me clear provision to walk and be on, on secure, not slippery ground. An influence. That salt influences that ice and melts it. You know, his word is an influence in our life and melts the heart as well. So we can have straight paths. You know, influence is the ability of a person to compel others to think, feel, or even behave in a specific manner. And I'm going to simplify that. In other words, influence affects our conduct. It affects our thoughts and it affects our character. And Jesus, he did that all the time in the New Testament. Wherever he walked on earth, he did that all the time and influence. You know, as, as a father of four children, I am very careful with who influences my children. You know, and I'm pretty sure you parents did the same thing. Even today, maybe you have adult children and you're still looking out, who is influencing my children? Because there is good influence and there is not so good influence. You know, but when you connect it with the word of God, that godly influences make an impact eternally. Did you know that? Um, again, back to Bible school, okay? I'm in Bible school. It's about probably 2008. Now, there was a, a, an artist, a, a Christian artist who, who led worship. His name was Daniel Eric Groves. Some of you guys might know who I'm talking about, but uh, some of you guys might not. But I remember being at that church because he was going to have a night of worship. Okay, a night of worship. And Daniel Eric Groves had a whole team, a band, this whole deal. And he led this worship that was just phenomenal. Okay, I mean, we were just pressing into God. But then he got to a moment where he stopped. The band stopped. And he had an acoustic in his hand. And he's just, he's just struck in. Oh, uh, struck in. Yeah, struck in. Strung in. Thank you. He was just plucking the strings, okay? And he's just playing. He's operating in his gifting. Okay, let's say that. Struck in. That's weird. Okay. <laughs> And as he's playing, he kind of veered off of what his agenda was and the schedule and just allowed the spirit to move. He was being influenced at that moment. And I remember clearly because it had an influence in my life. I remember sitting up there. Actually, we were standing up, my wife and I. We had no children at the time. So we're, we're just there. We're just worshiping. And um, he ends up saying, he says, you know, a lot of us need to understand that we are going to impact the world. There's a calling and a purpose in our life. And he started going into that whole area about being called and being purposed to do God's work. Then he said this, and he really drew it out for me. He had said, you know, if you look at a train 
And you look at the engine of the train and all the carts that are connected behind it. He's like, when that train, that front part goes, the rest follows it on track. He goes, but if that front train, the engine part of it, derails, the rest of those carts derail and follow it as well. Then he went on a step higher and he says, you are that front part of that train. And there are people's destinations that are following you. You are making an influence and an impact for the kingdom of God. And if you derail, they will derail. But if you stay on track, okay, and if you keep going, I think I can, I think, no, okay. <laughs> if you keep going, they will continue to follow that track and that trend as well, too. That's influence. That is influence, you know, and when he, when he shared that, that one moment, I don't even know who he, he didn't know me, I didn't know him, I knew of him, but when he shared that moment, that one moment at that time, I was sold out for Jesus. I love Jesus, my, I believe my salvation was there, but there's a different story and a different experience when you say, no, no, I'm sold out out for Jesus. At that moment, I made a decision that I was going to give Jesus my thought life. I was going to give him my habits, good and bad. I was going to give him my behaviors and how I acted. I was going to give him all my dreams and all that I wanted. I was going to give it all to him because I said, I am sold out to you, Jesus, because I was influenced by one man that was influenced by the Lord. Do you see how important influence is? especially godly influence. And the thing is, he doesn't even know he influenced me. He has no idea that I was influenced by that one moment. And I remember that day I said, I want to I lead people. I want to show people truth. I want to teach them the word of God. Now, I never expected me to pastor a church, but the desire of that uh, being influenced by a person that was influenced by God burst that in me. It birthed in me. So whether I was at a, at a job or, or working on grounds crew or with family, I was going to do everything I can to be a godly influence in other people's lives as well. Church, I say that because it only takes one moment to impact someone's life around your world. One moment. You know, whether it's good or bad influence, someone is going to be influenced whether you know it or not. So this is what I say. Make it count. Look at your neighbor and say, make it count. You know, the perfect illustration in the Bible when we go to the New Testament, I believe, is Paul and Timothy. And yeah, they had a relationship with each other, a, father, a spiritual father-son relationship with Paul and Timothy. He even writes to Tim Timothy and encourages Timothy. But it all started with an influence. It all started with someone, Paul, influencing Timothy. And Timothy had his mom and his grandmother as well to be an influence in his life. You know, and when you look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul writes him this. He says this, let no one, okay, let no one despise you for your youth, okay? But set the believers an example, in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I'll say that again. In speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Paul is being that influence in his life. And he's speaking these words over Timothy and in Timothy, knowing that it's going to shake him to the core because there are greater things. You see, the first part of it, he says, don't let no one despise your youth. Most likely, Timothy was getting some heat for how young he was. You, know, you need more experience. You need to gain that. No, 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 no. It wasn't about having gaining that experience, but someone that's being willing to submit to the Spirit of God and say yes to God every time he spoke. Yeah. 
And Timothy had that. And Paul saw it in him. And he continued to influence him. But did you notice the influence that Paul gave Timothy was to not retaliate back against his or prove them wrong? He said, no, 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 no. How about you just set an example for them so they can learn from your example how to live for Jesus Christ? Paul focused on what really mattered. In your life, analyze it. Am I focusing on what really matters when I face a certain issue? Or am I trying to retaliate or prove them wrong? The Spirit of God will continue to influence you on where you need to go and how you need to take approach with this whole thing. Again, Paul influencing on Timothy only enabled Timothy to live for Jesus. It enabled him. He even gives a teaching on the whole thing on being influenced as well. You know, in the New Testament, you look at Jesus in the wilderness. A lot of us know it as, as the times when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. But Every time Jesus was tempted, he came back with, it is written, it is written, it is written. That's how he countered issues. That's how he countered temptation. Everything was laid before Jesus. Some of us can say, well, well, it's Jesus, it was God. But remember that Jesus came down on earth, humbled himself, and put himself in a nature that we live today. So he faced same issues, same, same, looked at same problems that we see today. But what countered it was the fact that Jesus went back to scripture and said it is written Jesus spoke truth to whatever the issue was and therefore conquered it you have that same thing you know Proverbs 27 17 says this as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another person influence church creates inspiration in somebody and that inspiration births desire And that desire leads to action. It leads to doing something. You know, my point, this is what I'm trying to say, okay? Our first influence in our lives today is Jesus Christ. That is the first influence that we need to go to today is Jesus Christ. And if you look through the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament, you'll see a lot of these godly influences. You got Moses who, who led captives, those people that were in slavery. He let them, let them free. You have Joshua who led faithful, uh, the, the faithful to the promised land. You have Noah who literally led his family to salvation with that boat, with that ark. And then you have Esther, you have Gideon, you have David, you have Daniel. You have all these guys and these women that were influenced by the Holy Spirit and by the Spirit of God that did incredible things that just showed the world God is almighty, that he is almighty. And they all have one common denominator. They all encountered Jesus Christ. They all encountered the Spirit of God. Because in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all Scripture, everyone say all Scripture. All Scripture is inspired by God. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says, For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. His deep secrets. It is his word, church. It is his Spirit that makes a difference in us and we're able to make a difference in somebody else's life. You know, this is my fourth, I think my fourth year, right, baby? In kids camp, going to kids camp. I believe it's my fourth year. It might be my fifth year. Three years ago, I was supposed to teach on the power of the Holy Spirit to children. You know, and I'm like, okay, how, how am I going to do this? I said, God, give me your creativity. Show me what I need to say. And I remember this illustration he gave me, and I actually used it. 
We had a toy helicopter, okay? And this toy helicopter was pretty sweet, all right? My son could play with it. I mean, you can imagine all the things you can do as, as a little boy playing with it. But what made it even cooler was the moment you put batteries in it, it just it shot up in the air, and it actually flew far. I turned into that kid. I hogged that controller. I wanted to play with it. You know, my, and my son's like, Dad, is it my turn yet? I'm not joking. Dad, is it my, yeah, it will. Hold on. I just got to check it. <laughs> let, me, let me just figure some things out. These buttons are complicated. Up and down, left, right. It's complicated. All right. How about I hold your hands while I play with it as well, too? It was a cool toy. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I was able to use that as an illustration to kids camp, speaking on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I bring it to you guys today is because what made that thing go higher and farther was what was in it. And what was it? Yes, batteries, exactly. Batteries were in it. Without the batteries, that thing was pretty cool. I mean, we can use our imagination, we can move it around, we can throw it in and pretend it's going to fly. But with the power that was inside of it, it brought it higher and took it farther. And that's what made it even extra special. Church... It's what's within you. It's what's within you. You see those, those commercials when I was a kid, I used to always listen at the end, are the batteries included or not? And I would always get excited when like, batteries included. Yeah, because I could just go to that toy and buy it. If not, I had to save up for batteries. And batteries are expensive. They're not, they're not cheap. They're expensive still today. But when batteries were included, that was my world. Like, yes. And here in Christ, Church, with you and the influence you have, batteries included. Batteries included. You have the Spirit of God that has given you every power to conquer all hell on earth, to speak forth, to go higher and to go farther for him. Influence, not just good influence, godly influence is what makes eternal impact. Now, I'm going to share a couple of things now. I was struggling with this part because I wasn't sure if I call them main points or not, but this is what I'm going to call it, my main point testimony, okay? And this is what I'm going to talk to you guys about, what godly influence did and is still doing in my life today. Now, I have a friend, and I've talked about this friend so many times, okay, and his name is Raul Garcia. You guys might even know who he is. He actually is uh, one city council doing a lot for the community, but that was one of the first guys that had a godly influence in my life, and it started with seventh grade. Raul, not only his godly influence spoke to me, but it also challenged me and questioned, not him, but it questioned my bad behavior and my motives in life, why I did things, why I acted certain ways. He never spoke one word. His influence in my life was just uh, questioning the morals and the, and the bad habits that I have to the point where I didn't want it anymore. I didn't want to act that way no, anymore. And I remember we would have conversations, and I would ask him questions as sim simple as, why don't you swear? I mean, it's just a simple thing. Why don't you swear? And I'm talking about, we're eighth, ninth graders here, okay? We're not adults. We're eighth, ninth graders. And I remember him saying, I can have a perfectly good um, conversation with you without using one cuss word, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, talk about messing everything up in here. I mean, it really made me think about my, my behavior, my motives of why I did things. He never twisted my arm and says, you need to stop. His influence made an eternal impact in me, and therefore, I didn't want to do that anymore. And I chose not to do that anymore. And that's when Ephesians 5.1 came alive. It birthed in me. 
Ephesians 5.1, Paul says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And that's what he was doing. And because of the power that he was able to minister to me in through that influence, that activated in me. And now I'm just spreading that good news to others as well, too. Influence, godly influence, started with one person that was being influenced by the Spirit of God. Then I have another guy who came into my life, and most of you guys know him. Maybe some of you guys, Edgar Gomez, maybe you guys know him, don't know. But here's the thing. His influence in my life, his godly influence in my life inspired me to live faithfully to God, to live faithfully for him. To seek his kingdom first in everything you do. He would say, Jesse, whatever it is in marriage, in, in, in work world, in, in schooling, and in, in hanging with friends, when you're at the park playing basketball, when you're with your family. He's like, whatever you do, you, you need to seek his kingdom first is what he would still in me. And he would just speak that, but not only that, he would, he would actually demonstrate it in everyday life. You know, I remember being with him, and he would take me out to these pastoral meetings. He would take me to, to these uh, uh, hospital visits. He didn't have to. He was just being an influence in my, in my life. And every single time I saw him operating in his gifting, I'm like, man, I want to be something like that. I want to do something like that. He never once told me, you're going to be a pastor. You're going to do. He never did that. It was just his influence, being influenced by the Spirit to just take me along with him, that it inspired me to live faithfully to God in all my life, in every area of my life. Matthew, Matthew 6.33 comes alive, and it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's godly influence. And today now, still having that influence, I have many men in my life that surround me that have this godly influence. And what they're doing right now is they're literally teaching me to find my strength in Christ and everything I do. That, Jesse, you're not the fixer-upper guy. You're the guy that submits and says yes to God no matter what it looks like. That's influence in my life. When, Jesse, when you feel weak, guess what? He is strong. Church, when you feel weak, he shows up strong in your life. And this is where Psalms 28.7 comes alive. And it says that the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. He says, my heart leaps for joy and with my song I will praise him. He says, I will praise him. Ever say godly influence. And the last person that really influences my life today and forever in this lifetime is my wife. My wife is such, and men, husbands, hear me out. My wife is, a, is an influence in my life because I listen. I know she has an opinion. I know she has a thought. And I speak that because sometimes we can overlook that, not trying to step on anybody's toes. But I'm going to be blunt and bold enough to say, listen. Because when you go to scripture, you'll see what she is and supposed to be in your life. Do you know that every Sunday morning, I turn to my wife. I say, baby, pray for me. <laughs> I'm about to speak into a, in front of a lot of people, you know. And this is just me being vulnerable, you guys. And she's like, Jesse, you have your notes, but there are notes in your heart that you need to look at. I'm like, that's right. That's right. I, I got notes in my heart. It's all there. I don't need this thing, you know. 
she would bring this inspiration. And I would jokingly say this, but there's a lot of truth behind it. But it's like literally the Holy Spirit and Mahdi that keep me in a straight line. Like right here, when I veer left or right, they're there. Her, her godly influence in my life, and I'm not ashamed to say it, because Proverbs says, wear her like a crown on your head. That godly influence in my life helps me. She is my number one go-to person when I have something to just, hey, confirm this with me. I have all these great people in my life, but she is my number one in my life. Because, because Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 says this. Then the Lord um, God said this. It is not good that the man should be, be alone. I will make him a helper fit. For him, I will make him a helper fit for him. How? For her to operate in the gifting of helping me out in any possible way, I have to be in tune and I have to be listening. Her influence in the home is amazing. You know, I can have a bad day, and, you know, and, and, no, and no, one, no, one really, no one really cares in the home. Not in cares, but how do I say this? It, it doesn't impact their day. They'll still play the video games. They'll still read a book. They'll still do what they got to do. But if mom's having a bad day, all attention's on mom right here because of the influence that she brings in the home. And they're at her. The, the, the fact is what I'm trying to say is this. Her influence was given by God. And as a wife, a man, I'm going to tap into that and making sure that she operates in my life Every area as my helper in my life. Are we here? You guys get you guys have that same godly influence, whether you're married or even not married. Tap into what God has in for you right now. Tap in. Because there's an inf- you're gonna influence someone in your life one way or another. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head for a second. You know, I was able to speak just a little bit on what God has for you. And as he's speaking, as he's speaking right now, I want you to listen for a second. Because I believe the one thing that we wrestle with was, is, well, God doesn't have much for me to do, or I'm not that big of an impact like so-and-so or like so-and-so. And we start playing this comparison game. But if you just think for a second, those that are in arm reach in your life, arms reach right now, you have every power to be an influence in their life. It took one moment for one man to submit to God and revolutionize my whole life through music. Go figure, through music. And I was able to tap into Jesus Christ right there. And then many other people came into my life still today that influenced me. me. And I just want to be that influencer. Church, you have that as well. Doesn't matter where you're at, what circumstance you go to, what job you have. Wherever you're at, you can make a godly influence. But it starts with Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you two invitations. Maybe this is the first time you've heard of Jesus this way. And you didn't realize, man, he's more relational than I thought. He is. Because this word says, if you call on in the name of the Lord, he will come and save you. He also says, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved from eternal separation from him. So that's one invite. The second invite is this. You know what? I've been kind of plateauing lately. Haven't really been increasing in my growth and how I've been with God. But I want to continue to grow and go in Christ. 
look, you're just saying, I want to recommit to God. I want to lead you in a prayer as well. So on any of those two invites, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. You, God bless you, and you back there as well. God bless you. God bless you and you. The best decision you can possibly make in your life. To influence others in a godly way requires a God to be in your heart. Anybody else? God bless you. God sees that. We're going to do this as a church family because there are many people that made this decision right now. Let's all put one hand over our heart. And we're going to say this as a church family. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for all the wrongs I've committed against you. And I thank you for your mercy and forgiveness. I receive you. Holy Spirit, make a home in me. Fill me with all of you. As I walk this journey, I submit to your ways. I submit to your desires and who you are. Influence me so I can influence others. In the name of Jesus Christ. Can we give a clap offering to the Lord for that? If you raised your hand today, which I heard that many were, um, I want to encourage you to fill out this connection card. This is kind of how we connect to people each week, and this is how we get your prayer requests on a list that people pray for for 30 days. And so if you have a prayer, a need, if you just want to say, pray for my family because we're new and we're just kind of looking for guidance and what are our next steps, like this is what this does. And so fill this out really quick. If you need one, we have some at the Information Center, and you can put those in those baskets on your way out. We also have a gift for you. It's a book called Your New Life, and it just kind of gives you the next steps of what you can expect, what you can do. Now where do I do? Now where do I go? Who do I talk to? And so we just want to encourage you with that, and you can also pick that up at the Information Desk outside of these double doors. Let's stand and let's uh, dismiss this morning. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are and for the influence that you can have on us so that we can have it on others, Lord Jesus. We ask you that you would just breathe your life into us each and every day, Lord, that you would help us to be more like you, Lord, and to speak more like you, and that we would be able to take the hope and the joy that we have outside of these four walls, Lord, and that Monday through Saturday, Lord Jesus, that we would be able to influence others, Lord, that we would be able to, just with our actions, show them who we serve, and the mightiness that you are, Lord. We ask you that you would just care for each person here as they walk out, that you'd get them home safely, Lord Jesus. We give you all the honor and the glory. In your name we pray. And the church says, amen. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.